This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Having headed into the season with his Liverpool future uncertain, not too many would have foreseen that Phillips ending the campaign as one of the Reds' most heralded players. Given the extent of the injury crisis at the heart of Jurgen Klopp's defence, it was Phillips who stepped forward, often putting his body on the line to get Liverpool over the line in their race for Champions League qualification. And with the season now over, Nat joined me, Theo Squires, to look back on the season, how close he even came to leaving, and ultimately, what is next for the young defender. Enjoy. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure you're enjoying your summer now. Certainly a hard-fought, well-earned break. Um, you've had a couple of weeks to reflect on the season. How are you feeling about it all? Liverpool actually made top four and you were star in role. Um, I'm not sure I'd say I was star in role, but um, obviously <laughs> delighted that we managed it. And sort of once we got over the line and back into the dressing room and what have you, it was, it was just more like, um, obviously a bit of surprise that we finished third rather than fourth. I don't think anyone saw that coming. We were um, with the other results, but... Um, yeah, just sort of like relief and um, pride that we'd managed to do it and uh, achieve what we had set out to do once we realised that we had to make a bit of a compromise this season with our aspirations. And if you look back over your season, I think it was, what, 20 appearances, nine clean sheets, a goal and assist. Now, considering why you've been a year ago, it's a remarkable growth from you. It shows like you've really stepped it up and come good for Liverpool when it's mattered most. Well, I think that was it. It was like, um, obviously, with the situation we were in, it felt like one of those situations where like everybody had to step up, step up, no matter who you were. Um, and we all just had to group together and bring whatever we could to the side. Um, so I guess um, even though I was quite new to the team and new to that level, there was there was probably, it felt to me anyway, like I still had a, a big responsibility amongst the team. I know you just said that uh, finishing top three was a bit of a surprise, but like, did the squad ever think top four was gone? Like, it looked pretty dark um, in March, wasn't it, when you were down in eighth? Did they ever yeah. really give up or was there always that belief that you could do it? No one gave up. I couldn't really speak for the rest of the lads, but for me, I knew if we won all our games remaining, then we had as good a chance as any because even though we were struggling a bit, other teams were as well throwing up sort of like off results or unexpected results. So for me personally, I always knew there'd be a chance, but only if we performed at the level that we needed to. And, you know, the, an example of that was last day of the season when we ended up finishing third because the other two threw up um, strange results. And if you think back to like a year ago, you'd only made an appearance to the club. Uh, your future is in doubt. Now you have played a big role in them getting to the Champions League. It must have been a culture shock for you, I suppose, like how it's changed uh, your status over the season. Like if you're out in Liverpool, do you get or town? Do you get releg- uh, Do you get recognised? Had anyone posing for selfies? Any autographs? It's a bit harder in a pandemic uh, country at the moment, but it must be a big shock for you, a big change to what it would have been a year ago. Yeah, I think adjusting to that, obviously. As you sort of, your name grows gradually, you sort of um, introduce that side of stuff pretty gradually as well. So, for example, in Stuttgart, I would get recognised a bit, but it's not on the level as Liverpool. And prior to that, a few real diehard fans who knew, you know, everybody in the squad in the 23s and what have you might have recognised me and what have you. But um, I would say definitely in terms of this year, just the nature of my sort of like introduction and I think also how fans have taken to me and my playing style as well probably like attracted a bit of attention in itself so I would say once the season's finished I'm out and about um even though I knew more people would recognize me it has been a bit of a shock to me like how many people do recognize me um so I am adjusting to that side of stuff uh, myself as well now <laughs> and have you seen any Nat Phillips Liverpool shirts out in town yet? Not out in town, no. Um, <laughs> seen a few online, but uh, not in the flesh yet. <laughs> Hopefully there's time for that in the next few months. Yeah. Um, I think the, the fans gave you your own chant, didn't they, towards the end of the season? Nat Phillips in the air. 
What was your reaction yeah, to that? Was that. I enjoyed it. It made me laugh. Um, <laughs> someone had sent it me. Um, but to be honest, like when I was watching it, because obviously things had started to open towards the end of the season, but we couldn't really go out and do anything just because we had to be so careful and safe with COVID, even though we would have been abiding by government law if we were to go out and you know have a meal or whatever. I think all the players were playing it pretty safe, just avoiding contact with anyone other than family and the club. So when I was seeing that, it was just quite nice to see everyone back in that tent watching the game as well and sort of that side of normality restored and obviously surreal seeing them sing my name in a football chant. Hopefully you'll get it inside a stadium soon enough. Um, yeah. We'll take you now back to the start of the season. Obviously, your future was up in the air. You know they were you were close to leaving. The club's mm. interested in you. But not just how close were you to leaving the club? Would it have been on loan permanently? Yeah, no, my bags were packed. I was like, bags were packed and in the car. Um, the, that day of training at Liverpool, I dropped out early because I think, like, obviously, all the staff knew that the loan was... Uh, the, the move was meant to happen. I think it would have been a permanent move and uh, they wanted to protect me. They didn't want me getting injured in training so I come out of that early and then uh, just as the day went on, it just sort of, it never really, it, at the time, it didn't feel like there were, like it wouldn't, the fact that it wouldn't happen was a thing. It just seemed almost like done. Um, and as time went on, I started to think, all right, maybe this isn't going to go the way that we all imagined it would this morning. But yeah, that evening, once my bags were packed, I was like, well, I'm not moving back in with my parents again because I'd just come back from Germany and back in my parents. So I just went and got a flat and that was the process of me moving out of home again. <laughs> so how would it have been you'd have felt at the time like you've had this move fall through? Um, it's like towards the end of the transfer window as well. So, you know, you're at Liverpool for a few months uh, you wouldn't have foreseen the centre-back injuries they've had. It must have been no. a very frustrating moment for you. No, it was, um, because I just had my first taste of playing week in, week out. In Well, not necessarily week in, week out there, but playing in the first team in front of fans, bringing value to a side and, um, you know, being more than just a training player when I was in Stuttgart. Um, and I loved it. Um, so I was... Looking forward to building on that. I was realistic, realistic enough to know that um, whilst Virgil and Joe were there um, and Joel and even Fab as well, they, I knew that they were all ahead of me in the pecking order and it would have taken extreme circumstances for that to change for me, which no one would have foreseen um, for me to have had a chance of playing. Um, and even just playing, I want to. I wanted to be playing regularly and being someone who's like bringing value to a side and you know adding something. So that's what I saw in the in the journey where I was moving away. Um, and when you know the possibility of me not playing football, kicking a ball in front of fans or kicking a ball for a first team in a competitive manner would seem like it had been taken away or wasn't going to come into fruition for another four, five months or season. Um, it just got me worrying a bit because I'm aware of my age as well and I don't want to, I didn't want to be turned into one of these um, players who's 24, 25 and barely got any games under the belt. Um, so I think that was a concern for me as well, just that and um, the age I now need to be playing games. I think it had been, what, a month, six weeks after that, you had your Premier League debut against West Ham. Obviously, Virgil had had his season injury, end an injury by then. Um, they'd been, you'd not been in the Champions League squad, but Reese was getting opportunities in the Champions League. So it must have been yeah. a relief when you did finally get that chance against West Ham to show what you could do. Yeah, I think... Um, Obviously, the the injury of Virgil was like horrible for him and horrible for the club as well. And you know, it's never nice to see a player getting injured. Um, but in the in my case, it did mean that 
off the back of that, they needed to rely on another centre-back and that's how I got my opportunity and it's the way that it does go sometimes in football. Um, and I was just sort of grateful for to have the opportunity to be in that place at that time whereby I was the guy that they had to turn to in the injury crisis. Obviously, there was um, pressures and what have you because of the level that is expected of any Liverpool player and um, not only that, Virgil's the best centre-back in the world and you're getting compared to him and whether you can do the same job that he does for Liverpool. So those are pressures that came along with it. But I was just excited to be getting an opportunity to play for Liverpool in the league and play, be playing football again in the first team and, and hopefully building on it from there. And it's gone against you in the past where you would have had opportunities, but you've been injured for whatever reason, not been able to yeah. have them. So I suppose it would have been such a relief that other side of the coin to finally get that opportunity to be in the right place at the right time when it was at such a big stage. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, there were um, previous occasions where there were FA Cup games or League Cup games where I might have been starting and playing and got opportunities. Um, but I myself had little injuries or bigger injuries going on, which meant that I wasn't available. Um, so on this occasion, to, I felt like I was in a decent place anyway, so physically and um, coming off the back of my loan and having that experience of playing at um, first team level and having a bit of pressure on you because we had pressure on us when I was at Stuttgart. So I felt like I was in a good place at that time to be um, doing everything I could to seize that opportunity. If we look back over the first half of that season, you're in and out of the side as centre-backs one by one get struck down by injury. So how was the feeling for you and in the dressing room at the time? Because it must have been unsettling to be like in and out of the team, to have to make so many changes for the whole squad, not really to have that rhythm going week on week. Yeah, I mean, um, I think at the time you, you don't want these things to start playing on your mind as um as a player so we tried not to pay too much attention to it but I think the rate that it was happening out of the injuries that we were getting and it, it just seemed so relentless at the time it was just a bit like going to catch a break um, but um, in terms of squad rhythm as well for me I never really paid too much attention to that um I think you do have as a player certain players that you might play better with or have better understanding with but so far in my career I've never really been at a club or been in a situation where I've really developed a partnership over a half season season so I couldn't relate I didn't have anything to put it into perspective from my own personal point of view but I don't think even though it might have been seen as an inconvenience. It's also part of the game. So I don't think that would affect the players um, because they're all very experienced and very professional. And um, at the end of the day, in the squad that we've got, everyone's world-class. Everyone is the top, top player. So it doesn't really matter who's on the pitch. You yourself know that you're playing amongst top players who are capable of uh, great things. Uh, in the game and on the pitch. So I don't think it would have been too much of a worry. It was just more the concern for the players that were getting injured and no feeling for them because it's never nice to see your teammates getting injured. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Then I suppose what was the reaction that when you have these players one by one getting struck down and then you're sliding down the table having been champions the year before, it just seemed like everything was going wrong for Liverpool, going against Liverpool at once. Yeah. Um, again, like, it just felt, you know, some of the results that we're getting, it was like uh, conceding last minute or um, having 20 shots, but not being able, just like the keeper having an unbelievable game. And in moments like that, you, you do, you can't think as a player. Like, can't catch a break here, like 
what's going on sort of thing because you, f- you might feel like you deserve a bit more or, or um, from a game. But the the type of sort of personalities in that dressing room and the way the manager is as well, like none of them shy from a challenge. And I think that's the way it was viewed. And, you know, certainly for myself, like people started to write us off. It felt like a bit when um, in terms of Champions League football, I think the, the title was... Um, conceded pretty early on or earlier than Champions League football was up for debate um, but I think certainly myself definitely the manager and I'm sure all the players as well would have seen once people started to say we wouldn't make Champions League football they'd have seen it as a challenge and an opportunity to prove people wrong and um you know, it was a challenge. It was a big ask to win the amount of games we did towards the end of the season, but um, we managed it and it's something that everyone can be proud of and it's something that we had to, we set out to do later on once we realised that our aspirations were compromised. But once you set yourself a goal, it's a nice feeling to have achieved it. And then we come to January, um, Joel Matip's been ruled out as well. Klopp responds by signing two centre-backs. You've been in the team. You said, we need you to stay here for the second half of the season. What's going through your mind there, knowing that you could be under threat again, having just gotten to the team, that there's all this fresh competition and there's still this uncertainty around it all? Um, I was asked about this a bit at the time when the new lads were coming in. And um, at Liverpool, there's always going to be high competition for a place on the pitch and, like, matter who you are, you don't have a God-given right to be playing for them. And certainly not myself, who in January only played maybe three games, I think it was, maybe five by the time the new boys had come in. Um, so it, it didn't surprise me. I knew the situation the club was in in terms of personnel and centre-backs and injuries. And we needed more players to bolster the ranks. Um, and in that position, for me, it was just a case of when I get my opportunities to play do as well as possible, do, do as much as I possibly can to take it and make sure that I hold my place. Um, and that's the way I approached it, really. Um, obviously, Ozzy came in and he did a good job for us as well. He helped us out massively and... I don't think we would have finished the season the way we did um, if he hadn't have come over and helped us out so much. So it's one of them as a player. Obviously, you want to be playing as much as possible, but everybody knows that you've got to earn your right to play and earn the right to be on the team. Yeah, there are some occasions where you get on there by default because of injuries like I did against West Ham for my debut, but um, they don't come very often. If you want to be playing as often as possible, then you need to be earning that by uh, performing to such a standard. And um, that also means holding off competition for your position. I suppose it's when the new lads came in. That was when your, your season really took off. That's when the shirt was pretty much yours for the majority. You first established this uh, partnership with Kabak. And if you look at it, you were, what, player of the month for March, a few weeks later, you're playing against Real Madrid in the Champions League. What's going through your mind through this whole period? Like Just saying it, it sounds surreal. Never mind how it must have felt for you. Um, I'll be honest, like, I didn't stop to think about it um, once because it felt like definitely from January onwards, the season felt very intense. Um, and certainly those last few weeks those last five games probably it felt very intense you didn't get a chance to stop and think about stuff occasionally so for example like the Champions League against Real Madrid in the quarterfinal and moments like that you do obviously have a little moment but that's all you can get um, because you've got to be so focused on doing the job at hand and making sure that you competing at the level that you need to, um, performing at the level you need to, and um, you don't get too caught up in the moment and too carried away. And 
at the same time, you don't want to overstate an occasion in your own head too much because that might affect your performance. That's one where we focus on Real Madrid. Uh, it'd have been an opportunity for you. You don't know if it's going to come around again. And while Liverpool didn't progress, you could have got on your CV, clipped a clean sheet against Real Madrid at Anfield, against Karen Benzeva and all these great players they've got. Must be a smile on your face when you think back that you have just played against one of the planet's greatest ever sides, greatest ever clubs. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, a proud moment and something that I will look back on. But I think more likely that something I'll look back on at the end of my career. I've done since, since season's finished, look back on it. But I don't know, to me, it still doesn't. I think it'll probably carry a bit more weight in my own mind and telling my kids or grandkids or whatever about it. But yeah, at the moment, even though I have looked back at it since season's finished, it's definitely something I'm massively proud of. And I know my family's massively proud of, but I don't think there's many like moments or uh, opportunities during your career where you do look back on games um, in the same way where I imagine you would want once you've finished and once you know you're done. Because at the same time, like you, you want to be obviously you're proud of what you've done, but you don't want to focus on it too much because you think, well, yeah, I've reached that level. Like I'm, I'm happy. You've, you've always got to be looking for more or wanting more to continue your progression. So I, I guess that might have a factor in as well. So yeah, I'm certainly proud of that night and those moments for sure. Like the moments that I would never have dreamed of a few years ago when I was a young kid like but I wouldn't say I've looked back on it or appreciated it enough yeah or as much as I might do one day in the future yeah can I imagine yeah, your answer to this one's going to be fairly slim similar as well but um fans voting for you for player of the, the month in March that must have been like you've been accepted by them at this point you could say so you were doing a good job but that must have still been a big step for you like realizing what you were achieving at the time yeah, um, I think it was just nice to be viewed as someone who's bringing something to the team as well, rather than who's in the team. Because I think at first, and for a lot of the time, it was more like I was doing a job, I was filling in, which you know I was more than happy to do. But uh, at the same time as a player, you, you want to be adding value and helping the team out. And I think for me, that award was suggestive that I was doing that. I was bringing some form of value or adding something where I think a few months before or whatever, when I'd, when I'd just started playing my first few games, it was more just like I was doing everything I could just to make sure I got through the game, did my job and, I don't know, didn't slip up or it wasn't noticeable that someone who wasn't a regular was playing. I think that was sort of the the aim at the start just like swim more or less whereas as the season went on i felt a bit more responsibility and what have you and just gained a bit more confidence and a bit more comfort then it felt like i could start to try and add a bit of value and bring something and um, it felt like to me that that award was sort of recognition of me doing that and then there's one where if you, you look back over the season, for the fans, I think the moments that will stand out will be towards the end of the season, obviously. But for everyone, it's got to be Allison versus West Brom, doesn't it? Like You don't get a goalkeeper scoring every day. Um, so what's your reaction to that? Like, Firstly, seeing him come up, you going for the same header, and he's beating you to it, he's got it in the, uh, the bottom corner. No, I've never been so happy to lose a header in my life, and I think it's the only <laughs> header... I'll never be happy to lose. And I've looked at the pictures since he does get his arm across me and like hold me off. But yeah, delighted he did because I think if it had come off my head, the pace I was flying at the ball, it could have uh, ended up out of the stadium. So it was a huge moment, um, massive goal for us. We uh, we all said, that firstly, that I don't think any of us had ever seen a header like it and the technique and where he'd put it and everything about it was a perfect striker's header. I watched it in midair and even on the pitches there, you can see me like in each shot as it goes on in time, my face just like almost disbelief while I'm in midair. But we're all over the moon for him as well. He had a really tough year. Can't imagine how tough it was for him. 
but you'd have never have known it from the way he handled himself in and around in and around the training ground. He's an unbelievable guy. He helped me massively while I was playing and always talking um, to me and always there in case I slipped up to keep it out and that as well. So he's a huge player for us and obviously had a really difficult year. So we were all absolutely on the moon for him and it was yeah, it was a great moment. <laughs> and it's like with that header, you, you were close to getting on to the end of it yourself. You'd had a, a few chances in previous games. Must have felt, when is this goal coming? Like, I know you prioritised the uh, the goal line clearances, but it yeah. was only after that where you got like your assist at Old Trafford. You got your goal against Burnley. <laughs> you seem to be getting this real good uh, YouTube highlights reel in this like yeah. final month of the season. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with my ability in the air and my league, I should be a threat of set pieces and corners. And I've always known that. So I wasn't happy with the amount I was contributing in those situations. And I don't think Trent and Robbo were either because I think their assist tallies was taking a bit of a battering. But I don't know, I've been trying and working on different things. The, the gaffer had given me a bit of sick as well, saying that he'd have scored by now. So for me... I placed that responsibility on myself and I think the team did as well and obviously the coaching staff did and it was frustrating me that I wasn't doing that side of the job even though my main job is to be keeping the ball out of our net as a centre-half as someone who's six foot three someone who's good in the air you do also have the responsibility of um, being a threat of set pieces and I hadn't done that so it was starting to frustrate me. Um, but I could also feel myself getting closer and closer um, on the build-up to the Burnley game and then finally getting the goal. Um, I think there was probably three games before then where I think in the West Brom game I got on the end of two and one of them was just stopping. It just felt like I started to get a feel for um, knowing where the ball's going to land, my timing shaking off my, my marker. I was just starting to get a bit of nouse for that um, because you grow up in the academies and stuff and when you get to the Premier League and just in terms of set pieces and the level of market and how hard it is to get on the end of it or the comparison anyway, that was something that I had to sort of mature in. And, and, you know, I never scored it when I was at Stuttgart, so it's something I struggled with there as well. So, yeah, I was getting frustrated, but then I started to feel like I was getting closer and closer and then finally got the goal at Burma. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. What was the feeling like when you saw the ball hit the back of the net? Like now you've scored for Liverpool in the Premier League, it can never be taken away from you. I think initially it was disbelief because I'd seen so many fly over the bar or go wide. Um, so I had to sort of like double take to make sure it was actually in the net and then there's always a small fear of it being ruled out ruled out for one reason or another with AR now so um, once I'd sort of got past those checks and it was more for me just the, the moment we were in trying to achieve top four and that Burnley game was a tough game and we'd come out with a tough game against West Brom as well. The start of being the game looked a bit ropey. I had a ropey start myself. So that that goal sort of was a buffer because we're obviously already 1-0 up. And I think it was mainly for me, obviously, I was delighted that I scored it. But I think no matter who scored it in that moment, I just celebrated the same because um, it meant that we're that one bit closer to achieving our goal. And that was the game really where the Champions League race turned on its head. That's when it was Liverpool's to lose. You go into that last game against Palace, you do your job, get the victory, you get the clean sheet. So how did the reaction after the game compare? Like obviously this squad has won Premier League, they won the Champions League. Just finishing the top four shouldn't be enough. But when you look at the circumstances throughout the season, it was still a great achievement for him to fight back the way they did. It's a great testament to their character. Yeah, well, I think the initial reaction after the game I missed, I was doing an interview, so I only sort of got in there and everyone was jumping in the shower and what have you. And I think, I, I, just, I, I couldn't tell you how the initial reaction was. I think everyone was very aware we still had another game to go. 
the job wasn't done. Obviously, we're delighted that we flipped it and got ourselves up closer. But I think just the nature of how the season had been previous to that, no one was going to um, take the risk of celebrating too early or you know feeling that we'd done it because you know Palace are a good team and I think we're all very aware that we still had a good a good team to beat. Um, and in that moment as well, um, obviously, it would have come down to goal difference and it would have had to have been an unbelievable win by Leicester, I think, at the time. But with the way the season had gone again, like you never knew what was what could happen. So no one really bought into it too much because we still had a good chunk of the job left to do. And I suppose the exact same question, but for Palace as well, your celebrations after that one when it was job done. Yeah, I think for me personally, once once we got in the dressing room and once it was confirmed and what have you, it was more relief. It was just sort of like I just slumped into my into my seat in the dressing room because I think those certainly those last few weeks with the intensity of the games on top of the level that we had to perform at, the performance we had to pull out the West Brom, for example, grinding that result out when it was a really tough and ugly match. United in those moments where we had to hold on at 3-2, you know, those sorts of situations, to have come out of them, to have got the five wins back-to-back and, you know, held on and been as stubborn as we were, to, we were towards the end of the game, uh, to, towards the end of the season, um, to finally come out of all that and achieved our goal. It was just, that was the moment where, for me, I could, felt like I could rest and finally smile and be happy about all five of those wins rather than each at a time because whenever we'd won one, it was just thoughts would turn straight on to the next one. So in that moment where we beat Palace, you could be happy about all of those moments. And during the end of this run, that's when you were partnered with uh, Reese Williams and you had to become this leader in the defence. But it was a nice moment, the fact that it's two homegrown lads who have helped Liverpool get over the line. And when you compare it to that you're playing in the second division in Germany a year ago, he's in Conference North. And now you've helped one of the biggest clubs in the country qualify for the Champions League. Yeah, I think... That sort of last game or those last games where we were playing together, it was just sort of like, I think, a, an illustration of how much we had grown, both of us, throughout the season and how much we'd improved throughout the season and what we expected of ourselves at the end of the season compared to at the start of the season and just sort of showed you what you can achieve or how much you can improve in such a short amount of time. And I was delighted for East as well because he had um he had a tough game against United and prior to that he was he was flying, he was doing well and then he had that tough game against United and for him to have had the opportunity to sort of change that and go on and put in some good performances towards the end of the season, some massive performances really towards the end of the season. You know, I'm happy for him that he got the opportunity to do that and I think more than anything, it, it was just sort of a, an illustration of how much players can improve in such a short amount of time. Well, um, your manager said that himself, didn't he? He said earlier in the season that the two of you weren't ready to be playing games week in and week out. But then within a few months, having been given the opportunity, you've both grown into the shirt and come good when it matters. And like I just said earlier, you, you did become a real leader in that defence. You're getting praise of Liverpool legend Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville, people like this. It must have been a surreal moment, but a very proud one too. Yeah, I think so. Um, definitely surreal and, yeah, massively proud. I'd hear every now and again the, the praise that I was getting given, but again, I don't pay too much attention to what people are saying, good or bad, um, because ultimately it shouldn't affect you know, if you're getting good praise, you don't you don't want to rest on it and start changing because of it. And if you're getting bad praise, you don't want it to be getting you down too much and affecting your game. Um, obviously, when it's specific feedback about your game and things that you need to improve on or whatever, then it's something that you can 
take on and learn from and then use to enhance your own performance. But yeah, I think it, it was just sort of a summary of a, a weird season for everyone, I think, wasn't it? To see me and Reese uh, both playing alongside each other at centre-back and both performing well um, to help gain us Champions League position. Now, I'm pretty sure you're going to play this down, but has it been pointed out to you from that 10-game unbeaten run, the only two they dropped points in were the two that you missed their injury? It, it has been pointed out. <laughs> I did notice it, but um, I'll let other people talk about that rather than myself. <laughs> no, I think, um, no, Millie even said to me, um, there was one goal where I think it was a headed goal or whatever, and it said he'd have headed that away. Or whatever, and that was a that was a for him to say that to me. That was a moment where I was like, "Wow!" Like, so when you talk to me about those moments of um, being proud, I think for me that was one. And for someone like James Milner to say that he missed, I mean, the team, or whatever, was a huge moment for me um, because of what he's done in the game and the levels he's reached and the trophies he's won. And you know just how respected he is in the game. Um, for, so for someone like him to say something like that was a huge, huge compliment for me. Did you have any other moments like that with teammates or the manager? Because you really did really grow into that shirt and make it your own as the season went along. Yeah, I think again, like little, just certain moments where, for example, like Thiago on a few occasions uh, made a point of offering me praise in certain moments as in he'd sort of gone out of his way after he scored a goal or whatever and you know come over to me and said that comes from this tackle or this header Ginny had done it as well moments like that obviously the manager after games the, the things that he'd said to me and you know how how happy he was with me but just in the first place placing his trust in me um, and playing me those, those moments where such uh, people who've achieved so much in the game and are so respected within the game when they're offering that sort of praise and advice. It's really nice to hear and it's quite a big moment because it, to you, it, especially when you're in the team and playing and part of the team, it, it means something then, I think. Um, because if you're performing poorly or letting the side down, then the things that you get, these guys are trying to achieve and what have you, they'd let you know, I think. So uh, to know that it wasn't just that they were saying that and they actually meant it was uh, obviously nice to hear. And you had so many centre-back partners throughout the season, be it uh, Jordan Henderson out of position, Reese Williams or Joe Gomez before the injury. It's like, how did you cope with that ever-changing partnerships? Was there one that you preferred? I'm guessing you're going to go to the, one of the ones that you played with most. But it is a big adjustment to change with that player next to you for week on week. I never really get, let it get to me too much because and I never really thought about it too much because I didn't want it to then like have a detrimental impact on my game. It was just more a case of being aware of their traits as a player in the cases where players are playing out of position, doing what I can to help them to sort of like positionally or, or whatever and just being sort of extra communi communicative. But yeah, it was just a case of, right, I'm playing alongside whoever who, and they have these traits and sort of habits or this is how they play and make sure that I'm aware of it going into the game. For example, if I was playing alongside Ozzy, who just come over to a different country and he did he does speak good English, but maybe not good enough to be really loud on the pitch. So it's like, right, I'm going to have to be the loud one in this situation to speak for both of us. And then playing alongside him as well, we when we were speaking to each other, we'd speak in German to each other because I'd picked up a bit from when I was over there. So, and obviously he'd been playing over there. And I think that helped him a bit as well or he preferred to speak in German you know offset pieces and stuff we'd speak in German so whoever we're playing against didn't know who was going front who was going back or whatever and then when you ask like if there was one that I preferred playing alongside I wouldn't say there was one that I preferred playing alongside but it it did feel a bit easier and you did you do develop that relationship the more games you play alongside each other especially if you play playing well alongside each other as well 
you know, going through a good moment and keeping clean sheets or getting wins, then you do feel a lot more comfortable playing playing alongside one another and just more aware of each other's playing styles as well. I did also say to Hendo when he when he was playing there for that little stint that he was gonna have all centre backs out of the job, I think, because he'd done <laughs> such a good job at at playing centre half and I think Fab had as well that were I think those centre backs are worrying that there won't be a need for centre backs anymore because everyone can just stick the centre mids there because they did so well in that position. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I know uh, Jürgen Klopp said that you wouldn't have been ready to be uh, a staple of the team earlier in the season and it was one that you grew into as it went along. But was there a particular moment when it dawned on you that, yes, you'd earned that shirt, yes, you deserved to be in this team and you weren't just there because of injuries elsewhere, you had made it your own? Well, I don't think you could, you could say that it wasn't that. I was just there because of injuries alone because that moment was sort of like the instigator of my opportunity. But yeah, I know what you're saying when, as time went on, it wasn't that someone knew had got injured each week and I was just filling in for them each week. I can't ever remember there being one specific moment, but maybe after the Sheffield United game, I felt like I'd, I'd earned people's trust. It just felt like people at that stage felt comfortable with me in the side and you know, in prior games um, all the lads were great with me when I was just sort of starting to get those first few appearances and talking me through games and you know helping me out where they could maybe offering a bit more defensive support but you know as time went on you could sort of see that they they weren't thinking as much about me being inside and how that might affect the game and you could it, I just felt a sense of that the fact that they were comfortable with me being in the team and um, having that trust. And that was a nice feeling. But I would probably say I felt that most after the Sheffield United game myself. And I know you've spoken about a few of your teammates in the past and what it's like playing with them, training against them. But obviously, new signings in the summer. Uh, Thiago Alcantara, he's been there, he's won it all, he's seen it all. Just how good is he? Right When you can see him up close. He's unbelievable. He's his technical ability and just his knowledge of the game, his head's always on a pivot. Like he always knows exactly what's around him to the centimetre. He's a good talk as well. So, and I love how he gets stuck in as well as challenges. Um, I like that side of his game. But obviously, I think at the start of the season, a few people were doubting him or weren't sure. And we, we were training with him day in, day out, and we all knew from seeing him in training I and mean, obviously what he's achieved in the game prior, but um, we knew we knew that like no one need, needed to worry about anything and sort of like you haven't seen anything yet because there were some moments he'd produced in games a bit later on that he produced in training and in those moments, you're like, wow, this guy's a serious player. Um, so yeah, just to have shared the picture with him, is something that I can look back on and be proud of because he's an unbelievable footballer. And if we look back to um, after the Palace game, it's a, a wonderful send-off for Genie Wijnaldum. I, I don't think he's quite sorted on his future just yet. It's been a source of speculation all season long, but he's been professional the whole way throughout. Was there any feeling in the, the dressing room? Had he said anything about his future? Like, did you know he was all leaving or was it never a distraction? It was never spoken about? Yeah, I think the latter really because we had such a big job at hand and I think him, he himself would have wanted to just concentrate on getting that job done and if he if he was if it was to be his last year leaving on a high, give himself that opportunity. So I mean I never asked him about it myself personally. Um and I never heard him speak about it. But obviously you all know there is murmurs or whatever rumours going on and it's something that's getting talked about in the press but um, everyone's professional enough just to sort of you know if Tini wants to speak to you about it then we'll have a conversation but um, in the meantime let's uh, track on with our job at hand 
And what's your relationship with Jurgen Klopp like now? I know you've spoken in the past about how he had to win him over to convince him of you as a player, but there have always been those comparisons between your style and his style when he was playing. And whenever he speaks about you in, this, in the press, there's always this big beaming smile. You can see the pride he has and the contributions you've put. But imagine it's got a stronger relationship there and you do get on quite well with him. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, just the same as... I've spoken about really in previous interviews about how much he's done for me and the opportunities that he's provided me with and um, you know how grateful I am to him that he saw something in me and decided to go out of his way to work on that and do whatever he could to help me achieve as much as I possibly can. So I will be forever grateful towards the manager for that. But when you say like how has it changed to be honest like I think I wouldn't say it has changed but I guess my role within the squad at the end of the season was different to it was how it was before so I think that's probably the only thing that did change is that maybe he has to rely on me a bit more than he ever used to and um, hopefully now feels like he can place his all of his faith in me when I'm playing on the pitch. A couple of quick fire ones now uh, from all the, the strikers you faced this season, all the wingers, who's the toughest opponent? Well, it's, I mean, you say quick fire. I'm not capable of quick fire questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> you probably know this. Um, no, it's tough because obviously this year I played against some big names and there were some games where I had a tougher game and it wasn't a big name. So, like, for example, playing against Benzema, I felt like handled him well certainly better in the second leg um, in the first leg Vinicius gave us a tough time and he was really lively but there were also some games I think a reflection of the player and what they're capable of but also maybe a reflection of where I was at the stage that I was playing against them compared to now and would it be different if we played against each other today um, I remember Callum Wilson gave me a tough game in Newcastle he's really strong and physical and um, that was a big learning experience for me. Chris Wood gave me a tough game at Burnley um, considering you know, my my favourite game to play is heading it off goal kicks and what have you but that's also his favourite game so that was a bit of a new experience for me to come up against someone who is as good as me in the air and really challenge me and for me to sort of not feel as dominant as I usually do. Yeah, there's a few in there, but I probably couldn't give you a toughest. But I'd say, I mean, even Cavani was like a big name. And I think there were just some players in amongst that group that were more, that was more aware of going into a game and some some that caught me out a bit. And if you look back at all your appearances, what do you count as your best individual performance of the season? I think for me, the Madrid at home, or West Ham away. I know a lot of people said that Burnley away was my best, but I wasn't really happy with my performance after the Burnley game. Certainly not at the start. Um, I was still trying to figure out how to how best to play against Chris Wood, whether to go up and battle, battle him, but then risk getting pinned or taken out of the game for the second balls. So... Certainly, the first 15 20 minutes I wasn't happy with, and then there were moments a bit late. I got better as the game went on, and obviously, I had the goal and the goal line clearance, which were big moments. But I think it's a good job I did have those big moments, otherwise, I think the reviews of my performance would have been a bit different. So, for me, uh, my the performance that I was um, felt like I'd had my best game after watching the games back was yeah, either Madrid at home. Or away. And obviously, um, last week, Liverpool signed a new centre-back, Canate. You're going to have yeah. Matip, Van Dijk, Gomez all back from injury uh, in the summer. You've got it all to prove again, almost. It almost doesn't seem fair. How's your feeling now that competition is going to be stronger than ever? It's no surprise, do you know what I mean? Um, it's a, Liverpool's a huge club and they're always going to have fierce competition for places. So it's not something that I'm surprised about. Um, you're, you've, you've always got to compete for your place in the team. 
so yeah i think it's not it's not come as a surprise um it's something even though there's a lot of competition obviously there's another person to try and learn from and, and a new person's game that i get to see up close and and view how they play and see if i can take anything from that uh, yeah club has spoken about your future a couple of times in the press um has he spoken to you about it because i suppose it's on one hand you could see yourself as fifth choice in the pecking order but these players coming back from injury they're not going to be 100 percent as soon as they're back yeah um we've had a conversation about it up until now and i think the situation is that um initially i don't think anyone sort of anticipated me having the season or the putting in the performances that i did do so maybe where they might have thought that i was um just going to do a job and then they'd be able to sell me and i'd move on um maybe they're having second thoughts i'm not sure um still need to have the conversations with them and just see um sort of if there is a role for me there and what role it is that they want me to play what would you like to be uh, um, next for you because like you've proven you can do it in the premier league you could arguably get a move somewhere in the top flight and be first choice but you've proven that you can do it for liverpool as well and there will be opportunities this season it's like do you want to give it another go to have a show you can do it against or playing alongside van dyke or is it now yeah. you just need starting football I think, like I said previous, I think it would depend on if they saw a role for me at Liverpool and then what that role would be. And then I would have to decide what's best for myself off the back of that. I've loved all my time up um, at Liverpool up until this moment. I've loved having the opportunity to play for the club, you know, to have been taken on by the fans so much this year. And there's not been a moment really, obviously there's been difficult moments from my time here but um, I've loved every minute of it and um, I'd love to carry on playing for the club but I've also got to take into consideration what's best for my career and I think that'll depend on what role Liverpool see they do or don't have for me at the club and then I'll have to go from there. And final question now, sum up your season in three words. I think one of them's got to be head on it. (laughs) These words have to make sense back to back. No, 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 no. Any three words. (laughs) (laughs) Head kick tackle. (laughs) Great answer. (laughs) Thanks, Nat. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.